Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and I'm joined today by my, bro my brother Tony Frezza, co-owner at FitTown Jupiter. And today we're going to be talking about why now is the perfect time to raise prices. And we just raised prices at FitTown. Um, we did it on March 1st, and we also helped another gym that was here for our immersion raise their prices as well. And this was a gym that knew they had to do it, knew, they've been knowing they've been having to do it for over two years now, tried to do it last year, similar to what we tried to do last year, and then COVID hit, and we decided not to raise prices, and uh, we helped them uh, adjust their prices and raise their prices and implement that. So we wanna talk about kind of the why behind raises price, raising prices, encourage you guys and give you guys that support you need to do it, because I know there's a lot of gym owners out there that know they need to do it, um, they've looked at the numbers, they look at where they are with COVID, and um, they just can't pull the trigger. So um, we want to encourage you guys, if you if you know it makes sense for your business, to do that and give you that support you need to be able to do that. Um, we also have been going through the State of Industry Guide for 2Brain. 2Brain releases their State of the Industry Guide every year. They did a 2020 version, and there were some really eye-opening stats in that guide that further supported this idea that that prices need to be raised so we're gonna be talking about all that um and let's let's kick it off there tony do you want to go through some of the stats that we saw from that two brain guide that really showed us okay like yeah this is not just a unique problem to us yeah um i think a lot of gym owners are looking for permission to raise prices and um, this guide really just helps lay out the facts um, i encourage every gym owner at home to actually go through their own numbers and develop, develop their own facts behind their price raise. Um, but yeah, let's start with like the overall uh, overview of the industry from the industry guide. Um, one of the stats, one of the biggest stats uh, that we noticed was like the class size declining. Um, so pre-COVID classes had an average about 17.36 members. I don't know what a 0.36 member <laughs> looks like, um, but we can guarantee take them to a 0.6 from a 0.36. That, that probably shouldn't be in your advertising. Um, but before COVID, 17.36 members in a class, and post-COVID, 13.56 members in a class. So that's a 22% drop in the amount of people that um, most gyms, average gyms, are holding in their classes. Um, and as we think about a 22% drop in people in class, are we seeing a 22% increase in the costs they're paying per class, the price per, yeah. they're paying per class? Um, and I think the answer is is no, we're, we're not seeing that. I know um, for us, we were seeing uh, class sizes cap out at 30, 35, sometimes 40 people in a class. And uh, we brought our class caps down right to 20. Um, since then, we've been back to 22 on the FTX side and 20 still in BeachFit. Um, but yeah, we've seen a very clear decrease. That's a 33% increase, uh, decrease in our class size. Yeah, have. and just to put some uh, more clarity behind those numbers, if you're seeing, if you did see the 22% decrease in class sizes and you wanted to do a 22% increase, if you're charging $150 a month, that's a $33 increase on that membership. That would be taking that membership from $150 to $183 per month. So I know some people really struggle with the math and they feel really bad about a $10 or $15 price raise. And we're not saying that you have to raise your prices 22% to make up for that. We're just wanting to give you guys some of these figures because most people think a small price raise is 3 to $5 and they think a big price raise 
is eight to ten dollars when in fact you know to make up for some of the hits you might have had or maybe it's your future vision of what you want your gym to look like down the road which we'll talk about that in a second it might have to be a much more significant price raise to make up for that mm-hmm. um, the other stat in there that supported this was that actually because these gyms have smaller class caps a lot of them are offering more class classes now they've actually increased their class offerings so they are basically offering more classes they have less people per class and less incoming revenue so they're essentially working more and longer hours to make less money mm-hmm. and i think that that's really an important thing so um but we want to kind of you know if we're going to do this price raise we're not just doing it because of covid we don't know how long covid's going to continue you know in florida we've seen less restrictions than other states and and you might have a lot of restrictions but ultimately the the price raise has to be done uh, well, either defensively because you need to survive immediately, or I think most people are trying to do it from more of an offensive standpoint. They're saying, okay, I'm in a spot where I can survive today. I'm fine. But like post COVID, I don't know if we're going to be in a position where we're really thriving. And we want to encourage you guys to set your prices in a way that you are thriving and you are basically building your business from the with the end in mind if you got a chance to start your business from scratch today what would you want to create and what would the pricing need to be at a certain number of members in order for you, for that business to be a, a really thriving amazing business that you love and supports you and your family oh, i think that's so good um i think like like the price change is just a small change in the business um to allow you to do bigger things like Right, like right now, there's no, there's no one saying like you can't go back to like small group model and have like yeah. a five person cap if you wanted to, right? Like you can totally flip your everything you've been doing if that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah. So you you don't have to be stuck in this like oh well we have to raise prices because costs were this and revenue was this and we just need to keep catching up. Like you may need you may be able to change your whole system as you know it. Yeah, for us, it was saying, okay, where have we been? We've been at over 500 members prior to COVID. We sustained that for, I think, over a year and a half. And then for a while, we said, Did we, do we even want to get back to that? Do we ever actually want to get back to a 500-member gym? Was that like our ideal gym? Was that um, the, the healthiest culture that allowed us to be able to create the results for the people that we have and be able to provide the service that we want to provide? And as we thought about it, it became pretty clear that no, we don't want to get back to that point. Like we don't want to get back to the point where we have to have a 35 person class cap and still worry about those classes filling up and changing, having to change our programming and having to, having to buy new equipment just to make classes work at 35 and 40 person classes. We don't want to have to do that. Like we want to have an experience that um, people have space and equipment and aren't fighting for spots. And for us, that probably looks like more like 420 to 450 members as opposed to 510 members. So when we look at that difference, it doesn't sound like a lot. Everybody's like 420 members. That's like crazy. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You have to think that we're also a two, we have a two building model separated by a street. We have our Beach Fit and FTX program. So essentially you could look at us as like two micro gyms combined in one, like two 210 to 225 member gyms as opposed to one 420 to 450 
member gym. So just realize that, but just to give you that, the number is like an 80 member decrease. If we went from 510 to, 5, to 430, that's still a 16% decrease. So if we wanna be able to um, be as successful as we were previously, then we have to have that 16% price increase or something in that ballpark to get us to, to where we wanna be, to be able to keep growing and keep adding value to the members, to the coaching staff, and, and to the facility as well. Yeah, and also like price changes will attract a different member too. So like a very significant price change where you're talking about, yeah, possibly overhauling what you currently do, um, it might flip your whole, it might give you that ideal member you've been wanting that whole time. And I think you were talking about Chris Thorndike at Live Athletic in Gainesville, how he kind of took that route of like, you know what, I'm gonna really increase prices and, and get that ideal member, that ideal gym that I want. Yeah, so once you guys define where you wanna go, you say, okay, if we could start from scratch, this is how many members we'd want at this type of price point, and you know that that's the direction you wanna go, I think you can kind of do it one of two ways. You can kind of like almost blow up what you're currently doing and say like, okay, we're no longer grandfathering rates, everyone's gonna be at this rate starting you know, April 1st, and this is what it's gonna look like moving forward, and, and you can kind of blow up what you're doing and start fresh. Or you can do it more incrementally where you say, okay, this is where we want to go and we're willing to be patient over the next one, two, three, four or five years to get there. Um, but we're going to continue to increase prices, add value along the way so we can get to this point. And we know we'll lose certain members or small percentage of members along the way that we can be okay with. Um, but we should be able to kind of incrementally work towards that. So we have gone more of the incremental route um, where for the most part, most of our members are not seeing any type of increase that's super alarming to them or really messes with their budgeting or you know, some people are not happy about it. It doesn't mean that everyone's just gonna willingly accept it and be okay with it. But for the most part, when we're talking about the numbers that we have, 90% or more, um, are, are perfectly fine with the changes, it's minimal to them, and they just go about you know the rest of their life. Whereas Chris, as Tony mentioned, I do think he went more of this like, let me just blow it up and kind of start fresh. He kept some of his members along the way. It doesn't mean you're gonna lose everybody, but he basically um, rented out, leased out a third of his facility. He went down to a single floor model when he used to have multiple spaces. And he changes prices to, I think, between 230 and 250 a month from, I believe, under $200 and said, you know what? We don't want to have 150 members. We're going to be 70 to 100 members to be successful. And, and that's how it's going to be. He was perfectly fine with losing a lot of members in the short term, knowing that some people would stay and that they were strong enough at kind of the sales and nurturing process to... Uh, be able to bring on those new persons in the people in this new culture and new price point. Yeah, and he's been in the industry long enough to know what he wants. Right. Like from from a business owner standpoint, what's what's the kind of life I want to live? Because mm -hmm. when you start to run a four hundred person gym, a five hundred person gym, that means you're running over a hundred classes a week. That means you're staffing for a hundred classes a week. That means you're having, uh, you know, to train and teach your coaches for that mm -hmm. for that staffing like. Maybe not every gym owner wants that. Maybe you want to be in charge of yourself and one other coach. Yeah. You know, and, and the prices have to reflect that. So you really have to put your goal of an owner into the price increase yeah. and, and try to, you know, try to really work towards your goal. So like Andrew said, it could be more of a gradual approach, incremental approach, or it could just be like, look, let's 
let's prune this tree down to like the bare trimmings mm -hmm. and then let's let it grow from here. Yeah, and I don't want to speak too much for Chris, but I think a big shift that I saw in him is is they recently had a baby girl in their family, and I think that became a massive shift for their family to say, okay, we have to be a little bit more selfish um, moving forward because we have to do what's best for our family. Um, and I'd love to get Chris on the show. I'll, I'll try to get him to sh on the show to talk about pricing. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of shift a little bit into how COVID has made this so important. So we've mentioned this idea of, of we went the incremental route. Even though we're going the incremental route, this was still the largest price raise that we've ever done at our gym. And that was very intentional to the times because of the uh, short-term impact of COVID, um, but also because of sort of the, the cultural side of this is, there's no better time to implement a price raise where people are going to be most accepting of it. Okay. So meaning, you know, you have increased cleaning costs that have come, staffing costs. People have seen this dramatic effect on the business. They understand that change has to come. They understand that most gyms, many gyms are going out of business. Um, there was a stat in the two brain guide that five to 7% of gyms went out of business in the first six months of the pandemic. So they understand that change is needed to survive. So I think no, there's no better time from just the members being open to change than now. And it's something that I mean, we, we put a reservation system in at one point and it created a lot of change. It didn't cost members any money and it, it, it was still a big change for a lot of people. So the nature for people is to be resistant to change. And I think that whether it's a price raise, reservation system, um, you know, de-affiliation, a new brand, there's going to be times in your business where people are more open to it and less open to it. And I think that this is a time where people are very much more open to change. Mm -hmm. And um, anytime we talk about price uh, increases, we always talk about like value increase. Like the value increase should already be apparent to your members. Yeah. Uh, I know our members are seeing us clean after every morning, you know, after the morning classes end, we're bulldogging both buildings. After the night classes end, we're bulldo bulldogging both buildings. Um, we stage equipment in every spot because we, we have the square system where the equipment's got to be set up for the members. Like the members are seeing that value increase. So when they get the notice about the price increase, so like, okay, like I can see how hard you guys are working. Yeah. So this could be a separate podcast, but I want to touch on it here. I see so often in our industry that um, people are people are talking a lot about raising prices and they're saying, yes, but what value are you adding to the members? And I'm glad you brought it up because we do add a lot of value. And there's like, I have like four different ideas in my head about this. Number one is that our market is just underpriced. So like, yes, you do need to think about adding value to the member experience, but so many of you are so far underpriced that you just need to catch up to where you should have been five years ago. And you may just you may just have to increase prices without adding value. That's number one point. Second thing on that is that as you add value to the member experience, not all people are going to see that value or recognize that value the same way, okay? So this could be about things that you have added value for. So like for us, everyone has their own spot now. Like, I think that's super valuable. Everyone has way more space now. Like when you go from a 35 person class to a 20 person class and you're getting more attention, more coaching, you have more space, more equipment, that's a value add. 
some people are not going to see that, okay? There's also gonna be things that you think are valuable that aren't actually that valuable. Like you add that random piece of equipment that no one uses, and that's not really a value add. So you have to understand like what is real value to your ideal clients and what isn't. But you also have to know that even when you add that real value, there's going to be a handful of your members that will not see that, okay? So Tony brought it up. We still, like he brought up the good side of what we've done to add value. We still have members that when we did the price raise, sent us messages of saying like, I don't get why I should be paying more money for less. And they don't see all these things or they choose not to see it, even though you've added all these things. I mean, we've literally, we'll get into it. Like we've more than doubled our cleaning costs. We went ahead and got on the wait list for bikers and rowers. We've added four or five of each of those things to our equipment so we could run a 20 or 22 person class. We have 22 bikers. We have 20 something rowers. Like we have enough of those for every spot. We got two electrostatic spray guns that are a thousand bucks each that we can spray down the equipment after each class. So the value's there and there's still gonna be people that don't see it. So I want to give you guys that support because I know as a gym owner, you don't always get it, is that even when you add value, people won't always recognize it and you have to stand behind what you're trying to create as you're trying to build this thing. Yeah. And yeah, people won't always realize the value of, you know, oh, you got those little spray guns? That's cool. It's like, yeah, they were $2,000 worth of spray guns. And, you know, oh, that little bulldog thing? Yeah, that was $5,000. Like, last week I just spent $600 on batteries for the bulldog. Like, yeah. The, the, the uh, expenses add up, you know. We've, we've spent a lot of money in wipes. And so it, it isn't, like, it's not to say, like, oh, you got to see what we're spending. But, I mean, the costs are going up to... Pr- to preserve the member experience. Yeah. Like, and that's what I hope, you know, even the, even the tricky members that are really not seeing it, I hope in the end they really do feel a better experience when all is said and done. Yeah. Um, another way that we broke this down, and we've done this throughout our business uh, life cycle, and when we did our initial price raise, this was by far the most eye-opening thing for us. I mean, we had people that were paying 4 to $6 a class, with us and we didn't realize it till we broke down the math okay and these were often people that were grandfathered into rates that were coming consistently 25 to 30 times a month and they were paying you know 130 a month for that membership and you're like oh my god that person's paying us for five dollars a class like we can't survive with this person in class and that became really tough on us when we started to hit class caps and we're like okay we can't now sign up a new member that wants to pay us $200 a month that's like dying to get into this class because we have a person that's paying $4 per class that essentially if you had a class full of those people, you wouldn't be making money. You'd be out of business. It would just be a matter of time before you're out of business. So, you know, we know now moving forward that if we're not getting at least $10 to $12 a class on average, we're not going to be around very long, let alone profitable. So, that's kind of the sweet spot for us. I think that's where most gyms have to be. And most gym owners hear that number and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. 10 to $12 a class. That sounds great. That sounds reasonable. And then when it comes down to being able to charge that, most are afraid to charge that. And when I, when I break this down, you'll see. So like for us, we have over 200 members every month that make our committed club. That's 15 classes a month. So on the lower end, if those people are coming, let's call it four days a week, that's roughly 17 classes in a month, okay? Let's call that the average of these like 200 plus members as they're coming about 17 times a month. 
Well, if that person's paying 10 bucks a class, that's $170. If that person's paying $12 a class, that goes up to $204 a month. So that range now should look more like 170 to 204, which I know is is way above what, what most gyms out there are charging for this type of service. And most gyms look at $200 a month and think that's crazy, I can never get that. And then you say, okay, well, you know, could you get people to work 17, work out 17 times a month with you? Are they already doing that? Is $12 a class fair for what you provide? I think it is. I think it's more, I think it's more than reasonable if you're doing a good job. Um, so I think once you break it down that way, it becomes a little bit more obvious and it can be that little kick in the butt to get you over the hump and realize, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not being an asshole by charging $200 a month. And then when you have, for us, we have coaches that we want to be career coaches. We have front desk staff at most hours of the day. And you have to look at all the costs that go into an hour. It's not just the coach and the front desk. It's the programming that went into that. How much you pay your person to program? Or what do you pay for outside programming? Mm -hmm. If you broke that down on a per class basis, what does that amount? What does your rent break down to on a per class basis? each month what is your ac if you use that what are your wipes cost we pay we're paying tony did the math we're doing 586 dollars per month on wipes and and wipe related products everything we get from wipes.com 586 dollars per month from june to december so if you break that stuff on a per class basis all those things add up and that's where you have to realize that yeah you're you're going to really struggle to be profitable for anything less than 10 bucks a class no that's just three new members right (laughs) to pay for our wipes um yeah i think the cost per class really helps uh it helped us get over any kind of like the big big increases we're like oh my gosh that person's we're asking them to pay 20 dollars more per class oh wait that person comes 20 times a month we're really only not asking them to pay a dollar more per class. Yep. And you think about, you know, everything that we pay for in the daily world, like to ask someone to come in and pay, hey, it's five bucks to come in and use the facility and use all the weights that are staged for you and ready to go and, you know, maintain for you. Okay, yeah. it's another five bucks. Tip the coach five bucks on your way out. Like you just got to 10 bucks, like over two very little, like, um, ask for money, I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like I was just thinking about this the other day, kind of unrelated but related. It's like if you were to spend money on a home gym, we just did a video for our Fit Town community of like how to build a really cool home gym for like fifteen hundred bucks, which didn't even have any type of cardio equipment at all in it. That was without an erg of any type. Like you would have to use that home gym at fifteen hundred dollars a hundred and fifty times to get it down to ten dollars a use for that home gym, right? And that's like a bare bones home gym. And most people are not going to use their home gym 150 times. Like I, I promise you that most people set it up and maybe use it 30 to 50 times and they're quick to pay money on that. Now, if you use a home gym and use it five days a week for the rest of your life, it will more than pay for itself. But most people do not get the value they pay for of that. And it's just another way to think of this thing like the Peloton. You're going to have, you know, you pay $2,000 up front for that. Well, until you've used it 200 times, you don't, you're not even counting the monthly ongoing you pay. Until you use it 200 times, you still haven't cleared $10 a month, and that was just your initial lump sum to get it in your house. Yeah, it's pricey to work out at home, right? Yeah, if you could even find the equipment. Right, and then you're you you know you don't have this great community, you don't have coaching, you don't have uh, everything staged for you, you don't have the programming that comes with what we do. Now, there's some of that value is different at home. There's convenience and things like that. But I still think there's there's a premium value add to what we do. Yeah. 
So um, just kind of to wrap it up here, um, I want to share some advice that was given to us as we were going about this price increase um, from our conscious leadership coach. And we were telling him all the reasons why we need to do a price increase. And he was like, awesome guys, like totally with you. I know you got to do it. Um, and we've given you guys a lot of reasons to do it here too. But he was like, I want you to, to keep all those things in mind, but also sell the vision. Like, don't just tell people like where you've been, why you need more money to, to uh, you know, kind of make up for increase in, in prices and costs. Like, sell them on the vision. Like, where do you want to go with this business? And, and put a price on that. Yeah. And then whoever's on board to be on that vision with you, they're going to be there with you. Right. So it might be a drastic change. It might be a small change, but set that vision for your business and then make prices according to that vision. Don't just make prices according to wipe costs. Yep. I love it. We'll wrap up on that. Thanks for joining guys. We'll see you on the next one.